midwives dissecting life, work, and everything in between. This is Head On View. Welcome to Head On View. I'm Carly. And I'm Laura. And we have got a guest of us today. We have got Indy Travel Nurse. So welcome, Indy. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like how long you've been nursing, how you got into nursing. Tell you my life story. So I'm 25, I turned 25 in March. I took a year off when I finished high school and I started my nursing degree, I should say, in 2015. No, 2016. So I finished and graduated in 2018. I did a graduate from one of the hospitals here on the Gold Coast. I'm not sure whether I can mention their name. But I graduate and a postgraduate with them. So that was my two years that I got under my belt. And then in February last year, so just about almost 18 months ago now, I decided to take the leap of faith and travel around Australia. So, and it was kind of convenient because I could do that as a nurse. And then uh, I got caught down in Victoria with COVID. And then it was a bit of a hit and miss and trying to figure out whether I could actually start traveling. And then I got to South Australia last September and basically started travel nursing from there. You got caught in Victoria with us. <laughs> yeah, four months. And then I was there for about seven. Had travel nursing kind of always been in the back of your mind when you first started to do nursing? Were you like, oh, I can do this and it means I can travel as well? Or was it just sort of something that came afterwards? No, not at all. I literally, when I finished uni, I was never told about it. This is like my biggest thing now that I'm trying to get out there is that like you can actually do really fun stuff with nursing. I feel like so many nurses really stagnant in their wards and where they end up and you get really you get in your comfort zone and I was sitting in lockdown last year and an ad came up on Facebook and it was literally like travel agency nursing I was like what's this like I had no idea I just thought it was something that sounds really bad that retirees do when they are over nursing and just I didn't even think that it was something that I could do because you know I hadn't really been out very long like nursing wise experience wise I hadn't I'd been on the same ward for two years, so for me, I didn't think I'd had the experience. What's your background? So is it medical or like surgical or what sort of ward were you Yeah, so I was on oncology and hematology and palliative care with medical. So it was very medical-based. Yeah. Yeah, no emergency. I had no critical care skills. It was literally just straight medical, basically. I had four months that I did as part of my grad program in surgical. But yeah, apart from that, it was all just straight medical basically and oncology so technically oncology trained i follow some popular people on instagram that are nurses in the state nurse nurse blake is one of them from what i understand this is a big thing about cruise ships and nursing and things like that yeah so do you like look at the ad and think like what am i gonna do i sort of read the ad and i was like okay like is this am am i do i know and honestly i had no idea what i was getting myself into like i definitely was so underprepared for my first sort of contract that i did and yeah, partly was a bit of my fault. I was a bit naive going in. Also, my agency really didn't fill me in either. So what was your yeah. first contract? So I did four weeks in South Australia in a little town called Peterborough. So it's about two hours north of Adelaide. Yeah. It used to be quite a big town. Now it's not so much. And the hospital, I think, was about 18 beds. There was no doctors on site. Yeah, so I six months out of a hospital, I'd been in an aged care because I was really, really burnt out after two years of nursing, as you do, and so I was just in aged care. And then I went into this hospital and I was like, oh, what have I just walked into? They were like, well, just so you know, there's no doctors on site. 
But we get traumas and we get emergency thrown. I never did placement in emergency like as a student. And I remember emailing my agency back that night and I said, hey, just not sure if this is going to be suitable. I think this might be a little bit out of my comfort zone. They're like, oh, don't worry, there'll be someone to support you. Like they give you the quick walk around of everything in that four weeks that I was there because it was literally, I had come from, I used to say I was really unsupported on my old board, right? And you press, this is the best I describe it to someone, is that you'd press the emergency buzzer and you'd have like, what did they say their response time was? Three minutes, right? And you've got IC registers, yeah. you've got ED doctors, you've got ED nurses, you've got your whole ward, you've got your ED charge, you've got a med like an emergency trolley coming within three minutes, right? That person, no worries. When you press the emergency buzzer in a little room hospital, you might get one other person running and ask if you need a hand. Sometimes you'll get two if you're lucky, if it's shift changeover. And I was like, when I pressed when I needed an edit, I had an emergency come in and I said, who do you ask for help? They said, oh, you just get the doctors up on the screen. And I was like, oh, what? Like a telehealth? Yeah. It was all through telehealth. And I'd never known how to do, like, you have to do, like, epoch machines, all your levels and stuff, which I had never, like, ever done. And I was like, okay, this is definitely out of my scope completely. Yeah. And I said that to them. I said that to the manager. I was like, yo, this this is above what I know. And she said, oh, it's okay. If you get stuck, just ask for help. And I was like, okay. Oh, wait. Sure. Did you find they were, like, very welcoming because they don't get a lot of people and then they have an extra pair of hands that's, you know, medically trained. Like, okay, it's not, it's not your area, but, like, you can learn it. Did you? feel like they were yeah. willing to teach you? Uh, yes. Yes, they were in the end. I'm 25. So for me, a lot of people look at me and they say, what are you doing being agency nurse? That is the biggest question I get. They're like, why are you traveling? Like you're so young. How are you old enough to be an RN? A lot of them, you know, they'd been on the same hospital for like 40 years. So, you know, they're yes. kind of like, who's this 25 year old coming, especially like the ENs because you've ranked above them as an RN, which, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. So for them, they were like, well, what are you doing in like coming in and taking over? And I'm like, oh, I, I don't mean to. I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm happy to work alongside you. Yeah. So they were welcoming. It just took a little bit of them realizing that I was able to learn. I was able to pick up skills. Because yeah. I think there's a massive stigma about agency nurses honestly being completely useless. A hundred percent. I've had the same. I do agency midwifery. And yeah. I've literally had the yeah. same where I've gone to work in a neonatal unit. And the midwife yeah. there, she's like to me, oh, you can't look after this baby because he's on IV antis. And I was like, I've come from like a, a massive Melbourne hospital with looking after really yeah. sick babies. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. And then she's like, oh, you can't look after this baby. He's got an unstable temperature. And I was like, he's not even in an incubator. He's just under a heat lamp. And then she was like, okay, and you can't look after this baby. He's in ISO. He's in ISO. He's there. She's like, yeah, just don't step over that tape on the floor. And I was like, that is all the babies in the neonatal unit. So who do you want me to look after? And she's like, there's three babies rooming in with their mums on the ward. See if they're going to need any bottles. It's just, it, it is a huge stigma. And I remember I've worked in three different hospitals now, agency. And the biggest thing they say, and I always, after about three weeks, you sort of hit that nail on the head and you're kind of like, okay, you burst that bubble of them realizing you're not a complete idiot. Yeah, actually, you know, there is some out there, but I'm like, I actually can, I'm capable of being able to help you guys. That's what I'm here for. And once you sort of break that barrier with them, I always say to them, so why were you so judgy of me in the first week? And the biggest thing they say to me, agency nurses generally will come in and because it's really good money, they generally don't want to help you. 
in the eight years yeah. I've been in midlife, I've come across a lot of permanent staff members that are fucking useless. I work as a midwife, but I work primarily as a lactation consultant now, <laughs> living the dream, yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> and I work with girls that I can see there's agency, there's casual, there's permanent, and I work in a private setting and they all get yeah. along. They all work together. And at the hospital I work in, I was like, you will be crucified. They are not nice to agency nurses there. Agency midwives, maybe, but if we have an agency nurse on the ward just to do meds, I'm like, sweet. Yeah, the bullying culture, which I think Carly and I have touched on a number of times. Do you think it's worse as an agency midwife? Do you think like you have to just get a girl like a really thick skin? Definitely. I think it highlighted the fact that I was definitely sheltered a little bit on my old ward as I was permanent there. I did my grad. I was sort of, I wouldn't say I was baby, like you sort of learned to have thick skin as a nurse, but definitely becoming an agency traveling and stuff, you learn to have a thick skin and definitely I've learned to stand up for myself. I will not stand for any sort of bullshit now. Even with doctors and things like that, I've definitely become more confident speaking to even allied health as well. I don't want to change anything. I think that's the one thing I've learned as well. You sort of have to go in. I sort of try and fit with the flow of the staff and things like that. But if anything's done, it's such a fine balance. Another agency staff member that I'd worked with, we did handover and I'd worked a shift with her. And I had been at the facility about three weeks and she had come in. She just did like a one or two a week because this one was just out of Adelaide. And she actually came in and she started spreading rumors and things about me. I was like, that's a bit brutal. Come on. I don't think I've ever really been bullied, but I think I've definitely experienced feeling left out of things or told that I'm just a midwife because I'm not a nurse. Well, you're just a midwife. So I was very reluctant to do agency work because I'm just a midwife. So like, you can't look after my patient because she needs two hourly arms. I'm like, mm, pretty sure I'm trained to do that. Now that you're a little bit more experienced, like what's, you, what's your, what's your method of operation? Mostly like when I start, I like to just like sort of go in, suss out the vibe because every facility is really different. And I've noticed there's always nurses that are really, I always, there's always the ones that'll like, you know, be my mom, my work mom. There's always those ones. There's always the ones that are really kind and actually want to show you more. There's the ones that I just know are going to ask me a million questions until we break that barrier. So I sort of just, I'm very casual when I go in now. I obviously don't try and change anything. I just go with the flow. I ask them where I can help them out. And then, yeah, from there, I sort of suss out the ones that I know will probably like to cause drama or the ones that are generally known as the mean girls. Carly and I've worked together for many years. And I think that's why Carly and I gravitated towards each other because we just like yeah, not mean girls. Yeah. <laughs> we just wanted to work night shift and make nachos. My life is so drama free. I left the Gold Coast to get out of the drama and yeah, I grew up on the Gold Coast. I'm actually back here for a couple of months, but you know, even coming back, I'm like, oh, it's just so drama filled. And I love to get away from that. So going into a hospital and you know, a lot of the staff have worked together, like I say, some up to like 20 or 30 years. They know each other's ins and outs. So for me, a lot of them there are the ones that are really, really nice. I do actually honestly sometimes get warned about the ones and because I'm young and impressionable, they're always like, what about for those ones? Or, you know, but I like to see it as a new experience. The people that you meet are pretty characteristic, I think is a nice way to put it. I've met a lot of 
absolutely beautiful nurses and midwives and, you know, doctors and stuff in my last, you know, 18 months traveling. But I've also met a lot of savage ones, but there has been more positives than there are negatives. But yeah, people can be right savages and it's just, it's just wild. I saw in your Insta as well that you built your trippy, you converted. How did you, did you have any experience in cars and stuff like that? Or were you just like, no, YouTube all the way? No, not a clue. Obviously, the reason I started travel nursing, being an oncology nurse, I was in that from when I was 21, right? So you learn to appreciate a lot of things. I palliated and unfortunately dealt with a lot of people that passed under the age of 40, you know? And that's, for me, was the biggest thing that I was like, oh my gosh. Because my dad said to me when I started nursing, he said, you know, when I was complaining about full-time work and I wasn't a stranger to full-time work and shift work. I worked two jobs my last two years of uni, but going into nursing full-time and he said, India, this is the next 40 years of your life. And I was like, hang on, what? And I was like, this can't be it. And, you know, I palliated and, yeah, dealt with so many people that had passed me. And I actually came across a couple that had travelled around. They drove from Australia to London in their tree. And I was like, this is actually really cool. Yeah, yeah, they're the way overland. They're a gorgeous couple. I've connected with them on Instagram. Like they're just and I'm like, I vibe this. And then obviously, and you know, it was height of COVID, everything was locked down and I was actually a quite a competitive horse rider. So for me, leaving and traveling was never a big thing that I could do because I always had horses from the age of twelve. So I sort of had a huge meltdown I call it my quarter life crisis I was sitting with my horse and I called dad I said I can't do this anymore something's got to give I've got to enjoy my life more so when I came across the trippy it sort of spiraled and I'm and dad were like oh my god I sold my horse I sold my ute bought my trippy and said I'm out and mom and dad were like oh my gosh so it was something that happened within the space of six months my whole life literally split and then a year later, pretty well, I was on the road and left everything. I have no return date, even though I'm back now for three months, but I don't really plan on staying here. And then finding the troopy, that was actually really fun because I got to learn so much. And, you know, I'd always known about four-wheel driving, but never really gotten into it. And traveling Australia was never on my plan or list of things to do. So it sort of all just spiraled into one. Have you ever had any safety concerns being out by yourself in some of your outback patients? I have only had one bad experience apart from that like I've always felt safe obviously camping by myself I always make sure there's like other great romance around or there's another caravan or something like that like I'm pretty you have to be a little bit conscious about that because Australia is really big and a couple of times I was driving I was like yeah right I can see how people just go missing out here because there's just nothing yeah I find it really interesting how you can get your entire life down to a van and yeah. actually be really happy. So what are the essentials that you think are the best thing to pack in your your little van? I have a fire extinguisher and I have a fire blanket near my kitchen. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. wine. You travel with wine. Yes, I've always got a bottle of red stocked in the fridge. Well, stocked, not in the fridge, but I always have white in the fridge. And then I have a little, I have like a little wine area. What else do you need? I mean, Carly, do you, ha- do you add anything else into your because we get accommodation, obviously, with when we do hospital contracts. So yeah. I just like chuck all my stuff in my Subaru. I don't sleep in there. And then just, yeah. Yeah. So we've just driven from New South Wales to WA. So we just stop at motels or whatever on the way. 
and sleep there. Yeah. And then get, we were, we were kind of tossing out the pros and cons of a van as well. We were like, do we get a van? But then we were like, oh, but when we're in it somewhere where we have a contract, we get accommodation. And then that means we don't have like a big van to drive around. So we're still kind of in the, do we, don't we move to a van or do we just keep as we are with all our stuff in our car? Yeah. Where do you, where do you see yourself going next? Like, so you're in the Gold Coast at yep. so you're back home base. Yes. So you were in, did you say you were in South Australia? Yep. So I did South Australia and then the NT as well. Yep. And I was going to do a contract up there, but it just, I'm just starting at the moment. So it was getting too high. I couldn't do two things at once. And obviously agency is full time. So there was a priority that I had to set and I was like, I'll just yeah. go back. So I was, yes, I was going to work up there, but I've spoken to my agency and hopefully I get to go to Alice Springs. I'd really love to go to Alice Springs. And then I basically plan to head to WA for about six months next year. That's sort of the next sort of loop down and around. Um, so I'd love to get somewhere like Hananara or up in Broome would be really good. I'm planning on yes. getting a triage certificate for my safety and for my patient's safety. <laughs> Even though I've been doing it for six months or, you know, eight months, it'd be yeah. nice just to have that on the back pocket. So, yeah. Yeah. I really think if you're going to be in the North, you should be doing mid. I actually yeah. considered it, to be honest. I was thinking about doing it, but because it, it's only a year long, like postgrad that you have to do after doing your nursing, but it's the placement that was a little bit tricky to try and coordinate while I was traveling. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to deliver a certain amount of babies and things like that. I looked into it to do it for this year, but yeah, it was just, it's too tricky just to coordinate and you can't obviously move. You have to be sort of settled somewhere. So yeah, I'll see how I go yeah. once I finish yeah. traveling Australia. Did you say you were studying something else now? I'm doing a couple of things. It's actually very silly. I've fully loaded my plate. I'm doing a grad cert in public health and a grad cert of rural and remote health. And then I'm also studying a bachelor's of complementary medicine. So I've sort of fully loaded my plate. I haven't really told many people, but I'm also studying to go. I'm studying for the GAMSAT to hopefully get into medicine as well. Also, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there is well, a I'm locum doctor jobs as well. So you can yeah, do a travel. It's taken me about a year to really get it in my head that because as soon as you become a doctor, you lose your genetic registration. You can't do both. I didn't even think of it. And then someone mentioned it to me and I was like, oh, I don't want to not be a nurse. I really enjoy my job. Like, it's a vibe traveling. Yeah, yeah. Like, I genuinely love what I do. Exactly. So it's kind of one of those things I'm like, am I prepared to give that up as well? So, but it's such a long-winded process that I'm like, I don't feel like I'm giving it up yet. <laughs> the grad certificate yeah. that I'm doing, like, it's, it's predominantly based on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and the Indigenous communities and how a part of my bachelor's course that I'm doing as well had a lot to do with Indigenous health. I saw on the news, and I don't know if you've been in NT this recently, but a lot of the previously dry areas, now that alcohol ban has been lifted. So mm -hmm. now alcohol is available in these areas. Yeah. Have you worked in any of these areas yep. kind of since and seen a difference like when they were dry to when there's now alcohol. no i drove through them though and that okay. wild enough i was up in darwin and the nt for about six weeks i think it was and yeah it's it's a little bit different up there that's for sure they have their own rules and regulations for everything <laughs> yes yes they do yes. i feel like the further <laughs> north you go the rules really change it's just honestly, and yeah, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of rules at all. So yeah, I haven't really seen, but I definitely noticed there was a huge thing when I stayed in Tennant Creek. I caught up with some other agency nurses actually that I've met through TikTok and Instagram, and I caught up with them at the races, and we were talking about it. And she's like, "Oh, I like it. 
you know, they come in for dialysis and then they go and have a drink at the pub across the road. And I was like, they meant to be doing that. Travel nursing, you'll see so much yes. and you'll learn so much. Yep. And I guess, you know, in the next five years, it sounds like you'll probably, we'll probably podcast with you a couple more times. I'd love that. <laughs> my life's very lovely. And I was like, I don't know if it's that interesting. And one of my friends was like, you literally live a really cool life. It's so interesting though, because I've met a lot of people in, you know, but the experience, that's the biggest thing that like, I try and now, I wouldn't say educate, but I definitely try and like not push it upon people, but I try to tell people about now is like yep. the experience that you get from stepping out of your comfort zone. Like now, obviously while I'm back on the Gold Coast studying, I went back to my old board because it's something that I wasn't going to, but it's, it's, I can go on to it. I'm not learning anything, put it that way. Like it's just something that I got yeah. in now and I've done a couple of shifts. I'm like, oh. Nothing's changed in 18 months. I'm not learning anything. I'm still stagnant. You can easily get comfortable again because nothing ever changes. And while I'm studying it, it works really well. I still have brain power at the end of the day to come home and, you know, study for a few hours, which has been really nice. I just think if people are nervous about traveling, that they need to know that you don't have to necessarily go to like these little really rural hospitals. There are options to go to more metro ones as well so that you can kind of like start off you can start off there and then be like oh okay now I can work my way into it you can start literally in a big hospital I say to someone do a four-week contract somewhere I think you definitely have to have some confidence in yourself before you go but also you've got to know your own limits I definitely noticed that in one of the I was in like a smaller hospital and we had an emergency come in because it was a 16 year old patient that was something that was completely out of my scope but there was literally yep. no one in that hospital that had dealt with a 16-year-old patient in years. You know, there was, so it, it's kind of one of those things where I was like, well, we need everyone because I said, I need lots of brains to be able to help her get better. You can't treat them like an adult, but you also can't treat them like a kid either because she's almost, you know, she's at that stage where she's almost fully grown. And I'd stayed with her until she actually got flown out. I was standing in there thinking, what have I done differently? I definitely was completely burnt out and I never asked for help because I thought asking for help was a sign of weakness and be a bad nurse. Reflective practice is the best way to become yeah. a better nurse or midwife, right? It's yeah, like we've looked back and gone, oh, how could I have done this better? I just actually had one that started. And it was funny. I hadn't been on the ward for 18 months and my manager, he was like, can you just take them for a tour after I'd shown them around? I said, if you need to cry, come get me. So I'll probably want to cry with you. But I said, if you need a moment, just make sure you let it out because it's better letting it out than, you know, keep it yeah, all yeah. So, so true. Yeah, yeah. There's just such a big stigma around it. And I've had to learn not to be ashamed of asking for help. I try to do four weeks on, four weeks off. Or if I have a three-month contract, I'll try to have like six weeks off work. That's my fine balance. And I'm always really rusty taking bloods or putting cannulas in the first week. And I'm always like, someone else can do it until I'm back in the rhythm. So, Indy, any favourite spots or places that you've been that you were like, yeah, love this place. It was great, amazing. So glad I went there. For Yapsley Bay, that place has my heart. My whole point of travelling around was to find somewhere that I really wanted to move to. I love the Gold Coast, don't get me wrong, my friends and family are here, but I'm not a big city gal. It's just not for me. So when I found Tongi Bay, it's like, yeah, I think it's got one main street. I think the population's about 800 and that's in its and its surrounds as well. There's a bakery, a pub and an IGA and a pharmacy. There's one main street. And the hospital was about 20 beds and I spent three months there over the summer. And that was like one of the best summers of my life. It was so much fun and it was a beautiful part of the world. 
and not many people know about it, so it wasn't really busy and I loved my time there. I'd go back there in a heartbeat, but it's just a little bit too far away. It's eight hours from Adelaide driving, so you're just a little oh, bit too okay. far from everything, but it's beautiful yeah. down there. I feel like that's what I'm doing as well, like kind of forever searching for that perfect little beach town that's kind of not too big, yep. not too small and not too far away yep. from everything, but also not super close to a city. Yeah, but I haven't found it yet. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today, Andy. It was so great. Now, if, if people want to like follow along on your adventures, where can they yep. find yep. Instagram, I'm probably the most active on, which is just underscore IndyP underscore TikTok. I've started getting real wild on TikTok. I love sharing my story. I try and encourage everyone to go and do it. Even if it's like a month long sit, just go and do it. for something different, you know? Yeah. So, so thank you so much. It was so great. And yeah, we look forward to Well, hopefully we will catch up with you when you become a doctor. Yeah. When I go to med school, that's like a whole different journey, isn't it? That'll be like that. <laughs> Sounds yep. great. Perfect. Bye. Bye. Until the next episode, it's time to boot this baby home. I didn't know it was still recording.